The Eddie B. Sit edition, an audio series of the Talmud Bavli. Masechet Megillah has been dedicated by our good friend Mr. Stephen and his wife Gila Israel, a charter member of our Daf Yomi Shi'ud, for the Hatzlacha of both sets of parents. And of course, their dear children. Hashem, Yishmerem, Vihayem, and Bezat Hashem, they should have continued success. Aslahav, Harvaha, Bechol, Maase, Yedehem. This Masechet also has been dedicated by Stephen and his wife, Le'ilun Nishmat Adel Bat Roza, and Le'ilun Nishmat Sarah Bat Adel. Ruach Hashem Tanihem Began Eden Hen Vichol Benot Israel Shachvot Amahem Vichol Rahamim Vasilichot Venomar Amen. Daf Vav. Today's Daf is being studied. The Idonishmat Abraham Ben Esther. Ruach Hashem Tanihenu Began Eden Amen. Today's Daf has been dedicated by one of our loyal sponsors, Mr. David Meyer from Rio de Janeiro, formerly from Australia. The daf has been dedicated in the honor of his wife's Ilana, 21st birthday. We begin today's daf on He Amudbet, on the bottom line. Amar B'yohanan, Kihavina Talya. That she says, Kishayiti Naar, when I was a young man. Amina Milta, I will tell you a Hidush. The Sha'ina the Sabya that I asked the older rabbis, Veshtakah Kivati. And it came out like me, which means a certain subject that the old rabbi said, and I was right. I, I was Mechavin to, uh, to this subject. Hamat Zu Tiberia. There's a place called Hamat. So Hamat is Tiberia. It's the same city. Velamma nikra shema Hamat. Why is it called Hamat? Al shum Hametiberia. Because that's the Tiberius hot springs, the Hametiberia. So Hamat, Hametiberia. Rekat zu Sipuri. The city called Rekat is also the same city called Sipuri. Velamma nikra shema Rekat. Mishum de Medalia kirektad nehara. Because it's an elevated city, like the banks of a river. The banks that are around the river is a little higher than the river itself. Rashi, top line. Rakta de Nehara, Sfata Nahar, Gavoa Mena Nahar. Afsipuri Yoshevet Berosh Hahar. Continue. Kineret, the city called Kineret, Zu Ginoser. That's really the city of Ginoser. Velamma nikra shema Kineret. Why they call it Kineret? It's really Ginoser. Demitike pira kekala de kinri. Because the fruit of this place are very sweet, like the sound of a violin or like a kinor. So, they, so therefore, Kineret melashon kinor. So because the perot are sweet like kala de kinri. Okay? Now. Uh, the Sifteh HaKamim comes along and says that obviously if they're calling Tiberia Hamat must be that Hamet Tiberia are a Hashuv item. So it's not Stam, just a, a hot spring. You have to say that it's a uh, very uh, very significant item. Uh, furthermore, when you call it Sipori, uh, you call it uh, Rekat because it's like the Medalia Karakhtad and Hara, you have to say there's a benefit of being in the mountains. Why? Because the air is much better. It's much crispier air, much fresher air, so therefore we call it for that as well. Ginoser uh, also, because of the fruits. Since the fruits of that place are very uh, beneficial, so therefore we call it that. Now, why would they call the place Ginoser? What does Ginoser mean? So that she says in a different place that Ginoser means Gan Sar. Which means the gardens of the aristocrats, the gardens of the Hashu people. Why? Because the fruits are so good. So Ginoser Gansar, they have the very good, um, very good fruit. Uh, furthermore, the Aruch explains when it says Pira, the fruit are sweet, Kekala de Kinri. So we explain kinri like a kinor, like the sound of a uh, musical instrument. But the Aruf says, 
Kindri hu min ilan she'oseh perot metukin me'od. Kindri is another type of tree that produces very, very sweet fruit. So the thing is, it's called kineri, uh, because all its fruit are sweet like uh, the fruit of the kindri uh, tree. He says over here, Daruch, Ad shemi sherak shomeya et hakol, kishemazkirin et Hashem shel ha'ilan, margish ta'am matok. <laughs> All you got to do is mention the kindri tree, and already you have sweetness in your mouth already. You feel the uh, sweetness. So that's how sweet the fruit of Ginoser are. Kansi Gemaran continues. Amar Abba, mi'ika leman de'amar, rekat, lav teveriahi. Which is, we said on yesterday's da'af, towards the end, we said that the city of Tiberia, its other name is Rakat. Now you're coming to tell me it's Hamat. So, Gemara's uh, questions. Are you, are you telling me that uh, there's an opinion that says that Rakat is not Tiberia? When a Tamil Hakam would pass away in Bavil. Hakam is Bavil. That's where the Talmud was uh, written. So whenever you say Hakam, it means in Bavil. When a Tamil Hakam passed away in Bavil, Hatam Safdi Le Hakeh. In Israel, they would eulogize the following Gadol Hu Besheshach. He was a great man in Sheshach. Sheshach is another way of saying Bavil. In Otiot Atbash. Where you take the Aleph and transfer it for a Taf and the Bet for a Sheen. So Babel is Bet Bet. So that would be Sheen Sheen. And the Lamed in Atbash turns into a Chaf. So they would say Sheshach in the Atbash way. Gadol hu Sheshach. This fellow, usually they're talking. This fellow, this rabbi was a great man in Sheshach. Veshem lo Berekat. But his name traveled all the way to Rekat. Meaning, Yatsalo Shem Beteveria. No, he lived in Bavel, but he was famous. His name, his reputation reached all the way to uh, Tiberius. And those rabbis of Bavel that had the zikut to be buried in Eretz Yisrael, that they would bring the Aaron from Bavel to, to Eretz Yisrael, <laughs> they would eulogize them the following way. <clears throat> the way the Aruch explains, Ohave Siridim, Ohave Talmidei Hachamim. They would make an announcement. Those people that love the Tamidi Hakamim, those rabbis that are alive, sitting in the Bet Midrash in Tiberias, let us go out and receive the ones that were slain in the valley. Which means Bavel is considered the valley because it's low lying. So they would eulogize and say, the Mortai. We all have to get up and go out and receive the body of the one that was slain in the Omek. When the Bizera passed away, the Bizera actually started off in Bavel, but he moved to Eris Israel. So he died in Eris Israel. So the eulogizer got up at the funeral and said the following Eris Shinar Hara Vialada. Eris Shinar is Babel. It's another way for Babel. The land of Babel bore this man, the Yalada, and raised him. Eris Sevi, Giddela Shahashuaeha. But Eris Sevi, which is Eris Israel, it nurtured and raised this, um, this treasure, we'll call it. Oina la Amra Rekat. Woe, said the city of Rekat of Tiberias. Because it lost its its precious keli, uh, its treasured keli. So you see what? In all these uh, eulogies, rekat is a reference to Tiberia. So how come you're telling me that Hamat is Tiberia? Ela Amar Hamat Zu Different place. Hamat is not Tiberia. Hamat is Hamegirar. Rekat zu Tiberia. Kineret zu Ginoser. Velama nikra shema Rekat. Oh, so why is Tiberius also called Rekat? Sheafilu Rekanim Sheba Mileim Mitzvot Karimon. Rekat is Lashon Rek. That even the empty ones 
that are living in Tiberia, they have a lot of mitzvot, like a rimon. Now where do you see this from? Because in the Shira Shirim, the Pasuk says, Kefela Harimon Rakatech. Which means Kefela Harimon, like the pomegranate, Rakatech. Those people from Rekat. Which means, they have the mitzvot like a Rimon. Now let's make some uh, points on this Kibra we just read. Haim Velazhin says that whenever a Tamih Hakam passes away, <coughs> Uh, they say ki nach like in this Gemara it says ki nach nafsheh the Rabbi Zera. So what does it mean nach nafsheh? So Rav Chaim explains that for when a person is born till the day he dies, his soul is never at rest because he's always fighting the Yitzhar Allah. He's always battling to you know win the war of uh, the Yitzhar. However, when a person dies ki nach nafsheh, now his soul is able to to rest because technically the war is over. Furthermore, there's a very interesting Maharsha over here. The Gemara, if you pay attention, quoted three different eulogies that were made. A eulogy of a rabbi that died in Bavel and was buried in Bavel. A rabbi that's body was brought to Eretz Israel, And thirdly, a rabbi that lived in Eretz Israel. So the Maharsha says like this, and I quote, Harem is b'shloshai elu. He didn't even merit the first rabbi to be buried in Eretz Israel. Which is the closest he got to Israel was with his name. That's why they say, V'shem lo berekat. His name made it to the cat, but nothing more than his name. They would say, let's go greet the ones that were slain in the valley. When a person gets slain, it's like he died before his time. So they were saying the reason why he died is probably because he didn't live in Eretz Israel, and therefore they called them Haruge, the ones that were slain, meaning Kilu that they died before their time. Like the story was told of a person that left Eretz Israel to go marry a girl outside of Eretz Israel, and he died. And the Gemara says over there, Baruch Hamakom Sheharago, because he deserves it because he left Eretz Israel. Val he entered Eretz Israel when he was alive. His speedo, they said, They said, we lost our treasure. Which is the, then they gave him the greatest eulogy. We lost a, a treasure to all Klai Yisrael felt it. The Maharsha, okay, we explained that. I once heard from... Uh, I think it was of Chaim Palachi. He once asked a question. He said like this. He told me that the people of Tiberia, but we know that we say on Leil Rosh Hashanah, all of us, we take the Rimon in our hand for a Siman, and we say, that Bezat Hashem, we should have mitzvot, shineyum mili'im mitzvot karimon. Well, what kind of praise is that? Afilu rekanim shebehem mili'im mitzvot karimon. Even the empty ones have a mitzvot like that. So he explained like this, as a derash. When it says the Gemara, Rekanim Shebaim, it means if you take all the Rekim of Tiberia, all together you get one Rimon's worth of Mitzvot. We're praying on Rosh Hashanah that each one of us individually as, a, as an individual. That's why it's much different. The the Petah Hainayim, over here, he questions, he says, it seems that the people of Tiberia had an extra zechut, even over the people of Yerushalayim. Because the Gemara is not saying over here, Anshay Yerushalayim will the image of Karimon. Tiberia, the people of Tiberia, what zechut did Anshay Tiberia have that the Gemara compliments them that they made the image of Karimon? So he says like this, Shebe Tiberia, Hayu mekabelim et Shabbat mebe'od yom. Because in Tiberias they used to accept Shabbat early. Because Tiberia was in the low area, that's what it's saying over here. I was in the low area, 43. 
Okay, maybe behind the mountain, exactly. And also going out of Shabbat, they would delay the Shabbat going out. Anybody that follows the Shabbat the proper way, even if he works at Avodah Zarah, so he wants to say that that it was the Shemirat Shabbat that put the people of Tiberia over the top. That was their uh, that was their benefit. Now, according to the history that Asha says, the reason why Tiberia is called Tiberia itself because it was named after uh, Tiberianos Caesar, which is one of the Caesars of the Romans. His name was Tiberia, so therefore they named it after him. But the Gemara doesn't want to uh, uh, use that the, as the main uh, name, so therefore the Gemara is trying to be Doreshit outside of the Roman uh, Roman Caesar. Comes the Gemara and continues. <coughs> Second line. Rabbi Yirmiya Amar Rekat Shema. Rabbi Yirmiya says the main name of the city is Rekat. Because its placement is in the center of Eris Yisrael, like the tabur is the the belly button of the person is in the middle of the body, so too the Tiberia is the tabura should Eris Yisrael in the center of the city. Rava Amar Rekat Shema. Rava says Rekat is its name. Ve'lam Rekat Shema Tiberia Shetoba Reiyata. What is Tova Reiyata? Meaning it's pleasant to look at. Tosafot says Shayushem Ganotu Pardesim. There was a lot of gardens and orchards over there. So Tiberia is like Rashitim or Tova Reiyata, a city that is pleasant to look at. Comes the Gemara continues. Amar Zeira. Ketron, the city of Ketron, Zu Sipori. Velama she nekrashema Sipori, so why they call it Sipori? She yoshevet beroshahar kesipor. Because Sipori is on the, on the mountain. Like a Sipor, like a bird. Right? Doesn't the bird uh, fly high? So then we call it Sipori because its placement is like a Sipor. So the Gemara says, Ve Ketron, Sipori? You tell me that Ketron and Sipori are the same place? Well, first of all, we know that when they divided up Eris Israel in the times of Yeshua, Kitron ended up in the Helek of who? Of Zebulun. Because the Pasuk says, Zebulun lo horish et Yosheve Kitron ve'et Yosheve Nahalun. Which means, Zebulun went against the Halakha. The Halakha was that when they inherited Eris Israel, Yeshua tells them, Lot Neshama. You're not allowed to leave any of the inhabitants alive. Gotta kill all of them. Zebulun did not listen to that. They let the people of Kitron live. Now, so obviously that means that was their Helik. And if they were dealing with Kitron, that was their section. And Zebulun, when he got his Helik in Eris Israel, he complained on his lot. He wasn't happy with the piece of land that he got. Zevulun am heref nafsho lamut. Now this pasuk was actually said when Zevulun went out to war in the times of Devorah. Uh, Zevulun's uh, Shevet was one of the first ones to go out and help the effort. So when Devorah made the song, Shirab Devorah, she compliments them and says, Zevulun am heref nafsho lamut. The nation of Zivulun, they were willing to sacrifice their lives to death in order to fight for Am Yisrael. But the Gemara over here makes a different interpretation. It says Zivulun wanted to die because of his chilek. He wasn't happy with his inheritance. Mata'am. What's the reason? Why was Zivulun not happy? Mishum de naftali al Because the end of the Pasuk says, Ve naftali al He was upset. He said, look what I got. Look what my brother Naftali got. Naftali got beautiful, choice fields, and I got uh, mountainous uh, areas. He gave my brothers vineyards and fields. What did you give me? You gave me mountainous ranges. Why do the mountains? Right? To my brothers, you gave them land. And I got rivers 
and uh, and lakes. Amar lo. So Hashem Baruch Hu appeased the Vulun and told them, "Kulan sedichin lecha al yedeh halazon." Don't worry, everybody's going to need you. Says there's a certain fish called the halazon fish, and that fish is very rare fish, and you need it for the techelet because of its blood you make the techelet for the sisit. And all Klayasil needs it, and since it's precious, you're going to make a lot of money with it. So don't worry, I gave you some commodities. Shneimar, Amim Har Yikrau. The Shivatim, they're going to have to call the mountains. Who's in the mountains? Zivulun. And what are they going to get? They're going to get the Halazon. Usfune Temune Hol. There's three words over here. Usfune Temune Hol. So the Gemara says, Tani Rabbi Yosef, Sefune Zehalazon. The word safun, as she says, is something that is hashuv. Nothing specific, but the Gemara is telling us the hashuv item that sifune means over here is the halazon fish. Timune zutarit. That's a certain type of fish. That she calls that the tunina. The tuna fish that they had in their uh, rivers. Hol, and what does hol mean? Zuzichuchit libana. This was talking about the white sand that they had that they all to, to were able to make, which is called the white glass, which was very, very expensive. So Zibunun had beracha. They're complaining. What are you worried about? Usfunet, temune, hol. I gave you three commodities. Amalifanav. Rebunashir olam. Mimodiaini. So that she says over here, how do I know that they're going to pay for it? Which means they can steal the halazon. Some guy will come fishing one day, get the halazon fish, and uh, there they goes my uh, beracha. He tells him, because the halazon is like zifhet sedek, like a righteous kurban. Just like we know, sone gezel be'ola. HaKadosh Baruch Hu cannot tolerate a stolen kurban. So you should know the halazon is like zifhet sedek. It's like a sacrifice that's righteous, justice. Anybody that's going to take it without money, it's not going to succeed. Which is, the die won't work. So don't worry, it only works if they're going to, going to pay for it. Maharsha learns over a little different. Maharsha says, not that they're going to steal the halazon, but they're going to knock it off. Which means they're going to make uh, another die, and they're going to sell it as halazon die, and therefore they're going to put us out of business. And that's the prakmatiya that they're going to do. They're going to knock off the halazon. So the Borei Olam says, don't worry. He says, it's not going to, it's not going to work. And therefore, they're not, going to make, they're not going to be able to make business in knocking off the halazon. Okay, so that's basically the story of Zivulun. Now we go back to the question. If you tell me that Kitron is Sipori, because we just said the Gemara above that Kitron is Sipori, why would Zivulun be complaining? Sipori is a beautiful land. If, if that was Sipori, Zivulun would never have complained. So maybe you tell me, hey, it's a good land, but you know what? It doesn't have the Beracha of Eris Israel of Zavat Chalav Udvash, of a land of flowing milk and honey. What was the Beracha of Zavat Chalav Udvash? So that she says the goats used to eat Te'enim, figs, and the, when they were eating the uh, te'inim, the honey would be, honey of the figs of the te'inim, would drip out of, the, uh, of them, and they were so fat that the udders of the animals would be leaking milk. So you saw on the floor, zavat halav udvash, the milk and the honey would be flowing like streams throughout the Israel. That's the berakha from the fruit. And the barakah from the animals. So maybe you'll tell me, you know what I'm complaining? Because Sipuri, it's nice land, but it doesn't have the Zavat Halabud Vash Barakah. He was no sir. The Abar Ishtakish, Lididi, Hazili, Zavat Halabud Vash de Sipuri. I saw the Zavat Halab in Sipuri. in Sipuri. Vabia Shisha Asar Mil, Al Shisha Asar Mil. It was long, it was a big, big stretch. 16 mil by 16 mil. Now, Vichy Tema, Delone Fisha Dide, Kedeahu. So maybe you'll say, yeah, it's a nice stretch, but relative to the other cities, 
it's not uh, it's not a lot. So maybe he was complaining on the proportion of zavat chalav udvash that wasn't significant in Sipori relative to his brothers. Kabbalah said that can't be. Ve'amar Rabbi Barchanan, Rabbi Hanan, lididi haziri zavat chalav udvash dechol arad Yisrael. So I saw the zavat chalav udvash of all Eretz Yisrael. Ve'avya kibbe kube ad akera de tul bakli. It was the distance from uh, Bekube to a place called Karade Tulbakni. Esrin vitarte parse urka. It was 22 parsa length. Ufutya shita parse. By six parsa width. Now, Sipori itself was 16 mil by 16 mil, which is 4 by 4 parsa. So, therefore, it's a large, significant number compared to the rest of Eretz Yisrael, then that one city, Sipori, that's already 4 by 4 parasites, the whole Israel is only 22 by 6. So therefore you can't say that they were complaining about uh, the amount of Zavat Halab Udvash. It was very, very significant proportionally compared to Eretz Yisrael. So the Gemara, again, so the Gemara is questioning, how can you tell me Ketron is Sipori? Because we know Ketron was in Zivulun Shelek. And if it was Sipori, they wouldn't have complained. Still, Tzipori is a nice place in the mountains, but they still would have rathered Sadot and Kiramim. Still would have opted for fields and vineyards. Because they said it themselves. That was their claim. That Naftali got the choice Sadet. They, the, uh, they got the fields. And they, even though Sipori is a beautiful place, but it's mountains. And therefore, they weren't happy. Shema' minah. Therefore, yes, Ketron is Sipori. It is the same place. And still, they complain because they wanted a different Helek. Comes the Gemara and continues. Amar bi Abu. Pasuk. The Ekron Ta'akir. It says there's a city called Ekron. The city of Ekron one day is going to be uprooted. Zu Kisari Bat Edom. That's the city of Kisari. <coughs> from the from the Edom. From the nations of Edom. That's the city that was settled by Edom. She Yoshevet Ben Aholot. That's sitting between the holot, that really means between the, the beaches or the sands, like an island. The people of Kisari were like a yated tikwa, a peg, or a yated is like a stake that was uh, firm lira'ah. Which is the, the people of Kesari, which is the Edom people, they caused the Jewish people a lot of hardship in the times of the Yevanim, Bimei Yevanim. So when the Hashmonaim came along in the times of the Greeks, and they overcame the people of Kesari, they changed the name of Kesari, and they named it Ahidat Migdal, which means the conquering of Migdal Shir. Ahidat Migdal Shir. The conquering of the place called Migdal Shir. Amar bi Yosef bar Hanina. My dichtiv. What does it mean when it says Vasiroti damav mipiv, which is I'm going to remove the blood from his mouth, v'shikutzav, and the shikutzim, the abominations, miben shinav, and I'm going to take the abominations from his teeth. And he will too remain loyal to God. Then this person was talking about the Goyim. But it says, I'm going to take the Damav, the blood from his mouth. Bet Bamya, she says, was the head of the Avodazara of Edom. So the Pasuk refers to it as the blood, which is in a Zilzul way. That the chief Avodazara. God's going to destroy it from the Goyim. Veshikutsav beben shinav. And it's abomination from its teeth. Zebet galya shilayim. That's another type of avodazara. They call it uh, galya also, which was the one of the big avodazaras uh, for them. Vinishar gamhu lelohenu. And it will remain 
for HaKadosh Baruch Hu, what will remain? Elu bate kenesiyot u bate midrashim sheba Edom. Which means all those synagogues that they had in uh, in Bate Midrash in Edom, in Rome, they're going to remain. Which means the Atid Lavo, they're going to uh, exist in uh, in a way. And Pasuk continues. Vaya ke'aluf bihuda ve'ekron ke'ibusi. Ekron is going to be like Yerushalayim. Yibusi is Yerushalayim. Elu tartariot ve'karkasiyot sheba'edom. This is referring to the theaters and the places where they used to gather for the circuses in Edom, which is the stadiums. Sha'atidim sarei Yehuda le'lamed ba'em Torah berabim. She's eventually all those stadiums are going to be converted into yeshivot. She's eventually all those yeah. stadiums that the Goyim built are going to be used for Am Yisrael. This is the future in the times of the Mashiach in order to teach Torah berabim. So the bottom Tosfot says, what are these tantatiyot v'karkasiyot? So yes, mefarshim bate avodat kuchavim. Someone say between the churches are going to turn into bate midrashim. Umechane otam tantatiyot lashon herpa. And it's calling the churches theaters and places of circuses to make fun of them. The Shor Harpa. The Karkasiot is to sponsors not so well, better kise. It's not a place in the circus. Karkasiot is another way of saying the bathroom. That's referring to the Abed Abu Dazara. He says, The Kashilo Marsha, Tamil Komot, Matunafot, Echol, Mojam Torah. Hard to imagine that such dirty places that housed Abu Dazara can be, uh, you know, converted into Batim Adrash. It's a zilzul for the Torah that Torah should be studied in those places. Ela Badai Lishmamaye Bimirabi Amenu. He says, For sure, those churches are going to be destroyed in Mirabi Amenu. Virotzelomar Batim Shemitasifim Sham Leva'achel of Nikol Khavim. She's the gathering places. Like at the stadiums where the Goyim gather in their uh, entertainment, so those places are going to be used for Batem Midrashim. Amar Rabbi Yitzhak Leshem Zu Pamyas. The place of Leshem, that's called Pamyas. But she says, What is Pamyas? Shemisham Yarden Yotze. That's where the Jordan River comes out of, in the place called Pamyas. Ekron Ta'akir. And the Pazum says that the city of Ekron is going to be destroyed. Zu Kesari Bat Edom. That's referring to the place called Kesari. Shiaita Metropolin Shil Melachim. It was a metropolis of kings. Now the word Metropolin that she just gives us is a Greek word, which is a place that is a very Hashu place. Matra in Greek is like mother. Matra is mother. Polin is Hashuvim. So the mother of royalty, or the mother of uh, aristocracy. So they call her a city that's Hashu, they call it a metropolis. Metro, mother, Polin, of, uh, of Hashivut. Now why was it so Hashu, this place of Kesari? Uh, Some say that that's where the princes were raised. Anytime a king had a son, they would send him to Kesari. That was the place where they uh, raised princes. And sometimes that's where the kings were appointed. When they went to look for a king, they always went to Kesari. It was a Hashu place. The people were, uh, you know, aristocrats. So they chose the kings from that place. Now the Gebarat says, Kesari is a symbol of Rome. That's the Roman. It's in Rome. Whereas Yerushalayim is the symbol of uh, the Jewish people. So the Gebarat says, Kesari v'Yerushalayim. These are the two opposites. You have Rome and you have Yerushalayim. Im yomalecha adam harbushetehem al ta'amen. If somebody tells you both of them are destroyed, both Rome and Jerusalem are destroyed, do not believe them. Yashvushetehem al ta'amen. If they're both settled, don't believe them. Harba kesari v'yashva Yerushalayim. Harba Yerushalayim v'yashva kesari. Amen. But if somebody tells you that one of the two is being settled and the other one is destroyed, believe him. Why? Which means, Which means the Pasuk says regarding these two cities, when Jerusalem is up, Rome is down. When Rome is up, Jerusalem is down. Which means, Rome says, I will be full. On account of the destroyed one. Implying that, one, that like Rome can only be full 
if the other one is destroyed. And the opposite is also true, because if they're saying, I will be full, that means at the time that, that, they, were, that, they, that they were saying it, they were destroyed. Because that means Jerusalem was up. So therefore you see that it works, uh, in, uh, they work together. Both cities cannot be destroyed at the same time, nor can they be built at the same time. That's what we see in uh, history. <laughs> gives another pasuk to prove this. In the blessing that uh, Isaab gets, it said, or the, the Torah tells us about, not the blessing, but the Torah tells us about Isaab, that one nation will always be overpowering. And another nation, Yemats will be stronger. So it's always one will be on top, and the other one will be on the bottom, either Yerushalayim or Kesari. Damar b'Yitzchak. May dikhtif. What does it mean in the Pasuk Tehidim? Yuhan Rasha' Ba'lamad Sedek Amar Yitzhak Lefnei Kadosh Baruch Hu Yitzhak Aminu Said in front of a Kadosh Baruch Hu Rebunosh Shal Ulam Yuhan Isaf Why don't you have uh, mercy on Isaf? Which means, uh, why, why, why are you punishing him? Have mercy, after all it's his son He wants to protect his son Amar Lo Rasha' Hu So uh, Kadosh Baruch Hu said, what are you talking about? Isaf's Rasha' How can I have uh, hand on him? Amar Lo Ba'lamad Sedek but we can't give him the uh, the benefit of the doubt, which means nobody can find anything uh, worthwhile to give Isav tzedek. Amar lo be'eres nechochot yehud. So the pasuk says over here, he's atit to destroy Eres Israel. How can we give the benefit of the doubt? He's going to go into the land of righteousness and he's going to destroy it. Amar lo. So Nitzchak Aminu agrees with Hakadosh Baruch Hu. He tells him, "Imken bal If that's the case, he should not see the glory of Hakadosh Baruch Hu. Now the Maharsha says over here, "Shamar Yitzchak b'fnei Hashem, shiyuhan esav af she'enu ra'ui lechen yiten lo matanat hinam v'hanotiyet asherachon. Give them hinam. Give them. Give them a free. Uh, give them a free uh, freebie." Amalgaz Baruchu, Lashau. Well, it's Lashau. We give him a free, uh, free hand. Amalu Yitzak Balamad Tzedek, Mashelo Lamad Tzedek Nimsashu Shogeg. He's protecting us. He's a Balamad Tzedek. He didn't learn Tzedek. What do you want? Did you punish him with a Shogeg? He didn't learn. It's not like he knows anyone against Balamad Tzedek. They don't know better. So he's trying to get Esav off the hook by claiming he's a Shogeg. So comes the Hakadosh Baruch Hu back and says, "Amalogas Baruch Hu be'eres nechachot yehud shu'atid laharim et bet megdash u'bezeh who mezid v'rasha enoshokeg." Jeez, when it came to destroying the bet megdash, he knew exactly what he was doing. Why did he destroy the temple? It is just by coincidence. He knew exactly what the bet megdash was. He wanted to destroy it. So therefore, we cannot give him the benefit of that. Therefore, Esav, even on Yitzhak's uh, testimony. Uh, he should not see the glory of Agalaz Baruchu. Vamar bi Yitzhak. May dikhtib. What does it mean in the Pasuk? Al titen Hashem ma'abaye rasha. Please, Bori Olam. The Pasuk says, Tehilim, do not give the rasha his will, his desire. Zimamo al tafek. Do not take off his muzzle. Yarumu sela. Amar Yaakov of Neakalaz Baruchu. Yaakov Abinu. Many years before, said in front of Akados Baruchu, the Boroshir Olam, Please do not give Isav his heart's desire. Do not take off his muzzle. Who is this referring to? Who is Yaakov referring to? The Gaon Ya'abetz over here says that when it says Germania, he says Sarich Lomar Germania vehi Ashkenaz Shelano. Now the Gaon Ya'abetz was 150 years before the Holocaust. And he says over here that this Gemara was actually a prediction where Yaakov Abinu was praying, please, Akadosh Baruch Hu, do not take the muzzle off Germania Shel Edom. Because if you take the muzzle off, they'll go out and destroy the entire world. And we see that history proved that Hitler got all the way in Mahshemov, all the way to Eretz Israel. He went through Egypt, and he was knocking on the door of Yerushalayim. He reached the Middle East, and miraculously, he made a decision, which is, and he turned his soldiers back to go fight in the Russian front. 
and that ended up becoming his downfall. So Hakadosh Baruch Hu saved Am Yisrael. He would have went to Eretz Yisrael. It was the whole world that then he would have got everybody. So therefore, this was as a result of a tefillah that Jacob Abinu made thousands of years before even Germania was even a uh, a country. Ve'amar bi'hamah berhanina telat me'aketiri taga ika be'Germania. Says there were three hundred crowned kings in Germania. Which means it seems that different provinces in Germania, and each one had their own uh, kingdom. Shiledom. Utlat me'abishitin b'hamisha marzabne ika beromi. And there was 365 dukes in Rome. Ubchol yoman nafkehane la'apehane. And every day there was fights between the kings of German, Germania and the dukes of Rome. Umaktil had minayu. And every day one of them would die, they would get killed in the war. One king or one duke. And they would, each one would always try to establish the monarchy. If a person will tell you, person will say, I toiled in Torah, but I didn't find the, uh, I didn't find the explanation. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't succeed in my Yigiyah. Don't believe him. Because we have a rule. If you Yageya, if you toil and exert yourself in Torah, you will succeed. Lo yagati umatzati. The guy tells you, I wasn't your gay on Torah, I didn't toil in Torah, and I got it. Al-ta'amin. Don't believe him. Because Torah cannot be successfully studied unless you toil. Yagati umatzati, ta'amin. But if he says, yagati umatzati, then already, ta'amin. So one of the rabbis said, what are you talking about? We see many people that are yagaya, and he toil and toil, and at the end, they're in the They don't have a, they don't have an answer. So how can you tell me yagati umatzati tamin? It's not always uh, so. What you guarantee, you guarantee that if you're gaya, you have, uh, you, you find it. The explanation is that the yigiyah itself is the mitziah, which means even if you didn't come to a conclusion in the in the sugya that you were learning, but if a person comes and tells me yagati umatzati, where did you? What were you motze? I was motze the yigiyah. Tigiyah is value on its own. That means you succeeded, you succeeded in itself. Furthermore, Rav Chaim Velazhin writes that over here when it comes to Torah, it says, Yagat um Matzata. Matzata is a mitziah. It means uh, when a person is walking in the street, does he toil to find a mitziah? No, a mitziah comes to him and says, Hadat. You toil to go make your living. But when I'm walking in the street, all of a sudden I see hundred dollars on the floor. The I found it. Did I toil? Does a guy go around saying, oh, today I'm going around looking for lost objects? You don't do that. The lost object comes to you without work. So what's the pshat? Yagata umatzata. I toil and I found. So he says like this. You have to remember. Really, we should not be able to understand anything of the Torah. Because the Torah is Torah Elohim. It's divine wisdom. And... With all the Yigi'ah that we have, you have to remember, don't think it's the Yigi'ah that got you your Torah. HaKadosh Baruch Hu gives you the Torah as a gift. It's a Mitziah. When you see a person toiling and toiling and toiling, and he says, there's no way I can understand this. All of a sudden, boom, a light goes on his head. Ah, I got the Pshat. What does that mean? Boreham gave it to you. Like the person says, Ki Hashem yitin chokhmah. Borei Olam gives the chokhmah. And that's what we say in the Tefillah every day. Chonenu me'etecha chokhmah bin Avada'at. Where's your God? Give it us Hanam. What do you mean give it to I'm, I'm working, I'm toiling, I'm, 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 I'm struggling to understand it. At the end of the day, it's a mitzi'ah. You don't deserve it. It's it comes to you as a mitzi'ah. Another interpretation might be why Torah is called a mitzi'ah. is because the following. All of us, when we were in our mother's womb, we had the whole Torah in our minds. Everybody had the Torah. Malach told us the whole Torah. And what happened? We forgot it when we were born. And therefore, any time we get a Hiddush in Torah, we're just recovering the lost Torah that we had already. And therefore, it's a mitziah, which is we, we found our lost item. When did we lose? We lost all the Torah. But the Nefarshim say that if we didn't learn it once in the womb, we wouldn't be able to understand it outside the womb. Which is you needed to hear it once in your brain to have an imprint, so at least the second time that you're going to review it, at least you'll be able to fathom it. So the Gebarah says, this principle, this relationship between Yigi'ah, and mitzi'ah, hanimili b'divrei Torah. This is a Torah concept. Abad b'masa'u matan, si'ata'u min shimaya. When it comes to business, si'ata'u min shimaya. There are a lot of people that are yagaya, and they don't get anything. And there's a lot of people that don't work, and they have a lot. So never that's, uh, that's we call that, you want to call that luck? That's already a different, that's a mazal. That's already si'ata'u min shimaya. 
And even in Devre Torah, what we're talking about, the Yigi'ah, that's in, to sharpen oneself, which means the the Hadudeh, the Pilpul, to, to answer questions, to have good Sevarot. But memory, that's nothing to do with Yigi'ah. Memory also is a Siyat Tadashmayah. The fact that you can remember what you learned, that's already, Khalas Baruch has got to give you a, a gift that you're able to retain it. If you see a rasha, that he's successful, the time is smiling at him, meaning he's uh, enjoying success, do not instigate him, do not start up with him. Do not compete against the bad ones. Do not fight against them. Do not instigate them. Be careful. You go after him, he'll, he'll win. He'll succeed. His ways will be successful at all times. If you take him to Deen, he'll come out winning. Which means your mishpat is going to be far from him. Which means he's going he's gonna to win you. Now he's going to... He's going to see his enemies fall. He just blows them away. This is in the country. You're supposed to, you're allowed to fight the Bishayim in this world. Who are the people that praise the Rasha and falls flat of them? Only the people that leave Torah, they flatter and falls flat of the Rasha. <coughs> but people that are Shomre Torah, Yidgarubam, they fight the Rishayim. So what do you see from the Pesach over here? Go after them. Betanya. Rabbi Dostai Bar Matun Amar, Mutalit Karot Rishayim Ba'olam Azeh. It's permissible to instigate against the Rishayim in this one. Ve'im Nachshak Adam Lomar. And if somebody comes and whispers to you, and says, Altet Chad B'Mirayim. What do you mean? The Pesach says, do not instigate against the uh, wicked. And don't make kana'ut against the, uh, the, the evil people. <laughs> so says, Only somebody that's scared interprets the Pesach like that. Somebody that uh, has averot and he's scared to fight against the shame. And you know what the Pesach really means? It means do not... Do not desire to be like the Rishim. Al-Tithar doesn't mean do not uh, instigate against them. It means do not uh, copy or have a competition against the Rishim to be like the Rishim. Do not be jealous of the Rishim. But what? To fight them? Go fight them. The Omer and the Pasuk says, The Pasuk says, Do not... Be jealous of the sinners, which means uh, do not be jealous of their life, etc. But I'm telling you, don't fight them. So we have a stira over here. Make up your mind: is it permissible to fight against the shayim to, 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 to go to, to instigate them or not? Lakasha, habi mili First answer depends on his personal items. Don't go after him. But on mili dishmaya, if it's a religious issue, meaning they're trying to do something against the Torah and things like that, then already. Mutalika. So it depends. When you have the rasha, if it's personal, keep, keep let, let the guy uh, let the guy uh, do it. The, the, you know, don't, don't start. He might beat you. But when it comes to Torah things, you can fight. Second answer? No. I'll tell you really. Even on milady, on personal items. Which is, if a person is a tzaddik gamur, he can even go after on personal items. Why are people keeping quiet when the Rasha swallows a Tzadik Memenu? So the Gemara says, Tzadik Memenu Bolaya. He can only swallow a Tzadik that's bigger than him. However, Tzadik Gamur Enu Bolaya. But a Tzadik Gamur, he cannot swallow. Tzadik Gamur can even go after him personally. Third answer. She's according to this answer we're saying huh? Really We're talking about When it comes to Even the Tzaddik Gamur Stay away 
which that which the Bishon Yochai said mutalit garot b'reshaim. Yeah, that's a regular rasha. But when it comes to shaham sahayeket, oh, that's a different madrega. Even the tzaddik gamur should keep away. So that's how we reconcile the answers. The stira comes to Gemara. Amar Ula Ula says Italia shel Yavan. Right, which really we call that Rome. Rome, which is from Yavan. That was the big um, uh, city belonging to the Roman Empire. That was like the capital. It was 300 parsa by 300 parsa. There's 365 markets in Italia. Like the years of the, like the days of the year. The smallest market right, is the one that sells the, uh, the chickens. And 16 meal by 16 meal. And the king, he has a sauda every day in one of the markets. Anybody that lives in Italia, even though he doesn't, wasn't born there, he gets a stipend from the king. The king gives him panasa. Uh, and somebody that was born in Italia, even though he doesn't live there, also in hotel plus with You get a stipend from the king, which is very rich. Either you were born there or lives there, you get a, uh, a government uh, payout. There are 3,000 bathhouses in Italia, and there's 500 windows. Which means the bathhouses produce smoke. They didn't want the smoke to blacken the walls. Because then it's not hashuv. So they built 500 windows above the walls to take the smoke from the bathhouses outside the city. That's a nyan of hashivut. One side of it is water. The other side is hills and valleys. The other side is an iron wall. Cholzit is like a place of uh, small stones. Which means it's really, it's almost like an island that has only just one side. Uh, uh, Hills and, and, and the mountains, and the rest is water and little stones, and then barzel uh, on the other side. Okay, obviously there's depth. The Gemara is telling you over here, and there's a lot of mystical understandings over here to this Gemara. Why? What does it mean to have all these bathhouses? And what does it mean the smoke goes up five hundred windows and kemiyanimotahama, etc. <clears throat> but we'll suffice it for the pshat that the pshat over here is trying to tell you that the Roman Empire was a very Powerful, strong, uh, economical, and also uh, a powerful empire. Comes the Mishnah. Okay. Let's read this Mishnah over here. We know that it's possible to have two Adarim. The rabbis decide to make a lipi of Adar Rishon and Adar Shini. So what does the Mishnah say? Let's say they read the Megillah and Adar Rishon. All of a sudden they call the lipi. So now we want to know, well, they read the Megillah, they have to repeat it. So it says, Korin Otab Adar Sheni. They have to reread it in Adar Sheni. And Ben Adar Rishon Adar Sheni. The only difference between Adar Rishon and Adar Sheni is Megillah Matanot Evyonim. Which means that in Adar Sheni, according to Amishnah, you do Kiryat Megillah Matanot Evyonim, and not in Adar Rishon. But regarding everything else, they're equal. So the only difference in Adar Rishon and Adar Sheni is the Purim is celebrated when? In Adar Sheni. Specifically, Mikhra Megida and Matanot Evyonim. Like the Mishnah said, if I'm mis- mistaken, let's say they read it in Adar Rishon, they had no idea it was going to be Adar Sheni. All of a sudden they called the leap year. Still, you got to read it again, because that's the deen. Kavzi Kavanah says, Ha, the Anyan said the Parashiyot, Which means we know there's four Parashiyot that we read uh, before Pesach. Starting with Shikalim, and then we read Parashat Zachor, and then we read Parashat uh, Parah, and then we read Parashat Ahodesh. Those are the, the four Parashiyot that we read, starting before Rosh Chodesh Adar, which is the Shabbat before Rosh Chodesh Adar, we read Parashat Shekadim. So he comes along and says, Rashi, that these Parashiyot over here, Zeva uh, Shavin. I mean, if you read it in the first Adar, it's okay. Because the Mishnah said, the only difference is Mikra Megillah Matanal of Yonim. The other, what's, what, what, give me some other laws. What about the four parashiyot law? Oh, four parashiyot law, they're equal. And if you read the four parashiyot in the first Adar, you're okay. Okay? 
Now, Mani Maniti, the Gibran's question, who's the author of our Mishnah? No Tarakama, Velora Bir Azabir Biyose, Velora Bachimam Gamdiel. It's not one of the three rabbis. Let's learn the three rabbis first independently, and then we'll see why each one cannot be the author of our Mishnah. Ready? Let's start. Netanya. Karuwata Migila Badar Rishon. Netabira Shana. Kurin Ota Badar Shini. Very good. Read it in the first month? They made a leap year? So what is the Mishnah? The Brayta say you got to read it again. Shekol mitzvot shenoagot b'sheni noagot barishon, because all the mitzvot that are noheg barishon are noheg b'sheni chutz u'mikra megila. That's the first opinion, which means adarishon and adarishni are equal except regarding megila. We have to see why that's not our Mishnah. We'll see why that's not our Mishnah. Let's continue. Rabbi Yisroel Rabbi Yosef Omer en kurin otab adarishni. Wow. He says, no, you don't read it in Adar Shini. He says, you can do it in the first month. And therefore, you read it in Adar Shini, you're fine. So that's clearly not our Mishnah. Because he says you can read it in the first month. You also have to read it in Adar Shini. Lashbag sounds like Tanakama. Because Lashbag is also telling me what? That you don't read it in the first month, you read it in the second month. So for so far, my two questions are like this. Shita number one and Shita number three sound the same. And I don't know why those Shita cannot be the author of our Mishnah. Well, let's see. Veshavin bespedu b'ta'anit, shasurin bezehu bezeh. Now everybody agrees that what? So when it comes to esped v'ta'anit, you're not allowed to eulogize or fast. Not in the first Adar, on the 14th and the 15th, and not in the... Second of that as well. Which is regarding his pivotani, they are considered equal. Now the Gemara says, Rabban Shimon Gamil Hanu Tanakama. Shita number one and Shita number three basically said the same thing. That what? That when, you, when do you read the Megillah? In Adar Shani, not in Adar. Be sure. What's the difference between them? Amara Papa, Seder Parashiyot Ikabenayu. There is a difference between them. What do you do with the four Parashiyot? The Tanakama Sabah Lechetahila Besheni. Tanakama holds that the is supposed to read the four parashiyot in the second Adar. The Avud Barishon Avud. But the Avad, if you did it in the first month, it's okay. Bar me Miklam Megillah, except for Miklam Megillah, the Av Agav the Kari Barishon Karu Bishni. When it comes to Megillah, even with the Avad, it's not going to work in the first month. You have to read it in the second month. And therefore, we. When Rabbi Hazam Rabbi Yosef Sabar, Afilu Miklam Megillah Lechetayla Barishon, and the second Shita says no, even Megillah Lechetayla you can read in the first month. Then Rabban Shmuel Gamliel Sabar, Afilu Seder Parashiyot Ikaru Barishon Karu Besheni, which means according to Rabban Shmuel, if you read the four Parashiyot in the first month, you have to repeat it. So let's review the three Shitot now. Tanakama says what Lechetayla do everything in the. Second month, which means Megillah Vadai the second month. If you, Megillah is a, is, 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 is a deal breaker, you must do it in the second month. Arba Parashiyot, Lechetaylah do it in the second month, but if you did it in the first month according to Tanakama, you're okay. Second Shita Rabbi Yoseh, everything in the first month, including Megillah. Rabban Shemom Gamliel, he says everything in the second month, even Bidi Avad. That if you read the Arba Parashot in the first month, lo yotzeh. So now we know the difference between all the shitot. Yeah? Okay, now... And, and by the way, if you look at the Lashon of Rabban Shemur Gamliel, in the Braita, his language was what? His language was... Shekol mitzvot sheno hagot b'sheni. All the mitzvot that apply in this second in Nagot Barishon. Kol mitzvot includes even the four parashiyot. Which is not only Megillah, all the mitzvot. So good, we have the three shitot. I'm just going to review the three shitot quickly. Tanakama says what? Megillah in the second month. That's a deal breaker. You have to do it in the second month. Arba parashiyot, the in the second month, but the Avad, first month is okay. Rabbi Yosef, everything in the first month. Arba parashiyot, Miklam Megillah. Rabbi Yosef, Begillah, for sure, in the second month, even Arba Parashiyot, deal breaker has to be in the second month. Now let's see why none of these opinions can be the author of our Mishnah. Mani, who's the author of the Mishnah? Itanakama Kasha Matanot. He only said Mikram Megillah is in the second month. Our Mishnah said Mikram Megillah Matanot Evyonim. 
Uh, see the technical thing here? The Mishnah said, Matanot Nevionim is also in the second month. If you want to be technical, Tanakama only said, Megillah in the second month. We have to Matanot Nevionim. It's much according to me, do Matanot Nevionim in the first month. So therefore, you see, it's not going like Tanakama. That's obvious. Kasha Nevim Mikra Megillah. Because according to Rabbi Yosef, Mikra Megillah is done in the first month. Kasha said the Parashiot. Because according to our Mishnah, we said the Nyan said that Parashiyot Shavin. That if you want to read Parashiyot in the first month, you're okay. Whereas according to Rashbag, you can't read it in the first month, you have to read it after in the second month. So the Gemara says, Le'olam Tanakama. Really, I'll tell you the author of the Mishnah is Tanakama. Vetana Mikra Megillah, Matanot Which means, <laughs> don't be so technical. When the Braita said that you read the Megillah in the first month, it means Megillah and Matanot Evyonim. Because didn't we learn above that Matanot Evyonim and Megillah go hand in hand? On the day that you read the Megillah, you do the uh, Matanot Evyonim. So therefore, put those uh, together. Therefore, the Tanakama is the author of our Mishnah. Really, I tell you, it's Rashbag. How could it be? Because the Mishnah is missing some words. Read the Mishnah like this. Which means like this. We learned till now, so we're discussing the whole month of Adar. Therefore we got Seder Parashiyot involved, because that's the whole month. No, no, we're not discussing Seder Parashiyot Bichlal. The Mishnah is specifically discussing Yudalid Adarishon, Yudalid Adarishon. So we're really only discussing what? Megillah. And the Mishnah is saying, the difference between Yudalid and Adarishon and Yudalid Adarishon is what? Megillah. Or do we discuss the Parashiyot? We didn't discuss the Parashiyot. So you can't say the Mishnah is like, not like Rashbag. Rashbag just said the Parashiyot have to be done in the second month. Yes? Amishnah doesn't discuss that. It's only discussing Enbin Yudalid Adarishon and Adarishon Yudalid. Good? Now, Okay, Halakha follows Rabban Shimon Gamliel that what? That everything is done in the second Adar. She's the rabbis over here that are Doresh. One rabbi says, Rabbi Yosef says, you do it in the first month. Right? Adar Yishon is the main. Rabban Shimon Gamliel says the main one is the second Adar. Where did they get this from? So the Gemara is going to tell us now, they both are Doreshi from the same Pasuk. Bechol Shana Bishana. The Torah of the Megillah says that every year, year in and year out, implying what? That Purim has to be celebrated in the same format every single year. Rabbi El Azab Rabbi Yosef Sabah, Bechol Shana Bishana. Ma Kol Shana Bishana Adar Samuch Shevat. Afkan Adar Samuch Shevat. Every year when you celebrate Adar, it's the Adar that's next to the month of Shevat. Don't you have Shevat Adar? So to even when you have two Adarim, it's got to be the Adar that's close to Shevat. Every year it's Adar then followed by Nisan. So you do it in the Adar next to Nisan. So even when you have two Adarim, you do it in the second Adar. Because that's the Adar next to Nisan. So Gabriel said, "Bishlama Rabbi Azab Rabbi Yosef, Mister Ber Tama." So I understand according to Rabbi Azab Rabbi Yosef, "De'en ma'avidim la mitzvot," which means you don't skip, you don't pass over the mitzvot. Meaning like this: once the first adar comes, don't put passing over. Do the mitzvot the first time you can. Like we have a rule: mitzvah ba'al yadecha at tachmisena. So I can understand the logic why you tell me do it in the first adar. Don't uh, don't pass up the opportunity to do a mitzvah. Ela rabat shul gamliel my tama. So Amar bitobi Tamad Rishon Gamliel Misma Geula le Geula Adif, which means he'd rather put the two Geulot back to back to each other, Purim and Pesach, Geula le Geula, which means we want to have a continuity. And therefore, once you get into the Geula mode, you don't want to start Adar Rishon Geula, then stop and then go back to Pesach. No, no, no. Misma Geula le Geula Adif. Comes Gemara and says, Rabbi Azar Amar Tamad Rabbi Shimon Gamliel Nacha. He gives a different interpretation how we know it's the second Adar. The Kayemet Igeret Apurim Azot Hashenit to fulfill the laws of Purim Hashenit. So he's learning Hashenit means in the second 
month, in the second Adar. As Shemit is learning the second month. V'estarich lemechtav ha-shenit, v'estarich lemechtav v'kot shana v'shana. Oh, so now we have two sources. We have v'kot shana v'shana, and we have the kayem and tigeret ha-purim ha-shenit. What do you need both for? So it says, Di'imi b'kot shana v'shana, because if it just said b'kot shana v'shana, have amin ha-kikushan. I would say it's like another rabbi, meaning it's maybe the one that's close to Shabbat. Because Emma Avini Ma'al and Bizvot. Kamashmalana Shinit. They come and tell me, no, it's the second month. The Yashmina Nashinit, if you told me Ashinit, Havamina Bathila Badishunu Bashini. Maybe I'll tell you you gotta do both. Which means not only the first one, but Shini means even the second one. You gotta do both. Kamashmalam Bikhot Shinab Shana, that you only just like every year you only do one, so also you have to do one. And when do you do that? In the second one. The Rabbi Azab Rabbi Yoseh, Haya Shinit Ma'avidle. Oh, very good. Last question. The Rabbi Azab that says you do it in the first month. What does it do with the word? Hashinit. Originally, when they established the holiday of Purim, it was only for the people of Shushan. Then in the second year, they established it for Kola Olam. So, meaning the second establishment. The first establishment was what? Shushan, then they made a re-takana to include the entire world. So, we have a mahloket between Rashbag and Rabbi Yoseh, which Adar is the Ikar, and it's based on how they interpret the Pasu Shana Vishana, and they get it to Purim Azeh, Hashini. Amen.